Hello everyone, my name is Michael and welcome to this week's edition of the Weekly Climate. And starting off with the Christmas Weekly Climate Numbers. They are not very Christmassy, but still. The first one is 90%. That's the percentage of species that will suffer habitat loss if the food industry is allowed to continue the way it does. 20. That's the amount of new climate lawsuits filed this year. 19 megatons. That's the amount of CO2 that Exxon's new projects will emit in 2025 on operations alone. And 23%. That's the percentage of total area that the Caspian Sea will shrink due to climate change. And 37%. That's how green the new EU green stimulus is. And 75%. That's the percentage of power generated from renewable energy in Nicaragua. This week we're just going to start off with this leaked internal Exxon Christmas holiday video courtesy of the Climate Ad Project. Please watch, it's really great. Because it's true. And you can of course view this in the newsletter. you can't miss. A few highlights from the past week. Apart from the excellent Exxon ad above, there's more Exxon news such as the fact that it doesn't want to tell anybody about how much its new projects are going to pollute. In fact, it even sells some of them as climate beneficial. Former Exxon CEO Lee Raymond steps down from the biggest fossil fuel supporter in the world, JP Morgan's board. That's actually very good news. And shipping gate may be underway. And finally, the world's ecosystems may not be sequestrating CO2 as fast as it used to. Oh, and we just had room for this one. Octopuses have been found guilty of punching its fish hunting buddies out of spite. The videos are adorable in some way, but also it's kind of bullying. Status update on climate and science. Let's look at how we're doing this week. Inside Climate News looks back at the 2020 hurricane season, which brought a record 30 storms, which has ravaged exceedingly poor and black neighborhoods like never before. And Inside Climate News also goes into detail about the gigantic A68A iceberg, which broke off from the South Pole three years ago and are now headed towards a prime biodiversity spot called South Georgia Island. Not only is the iceberg so big that if or when it breaks up, it will send a horde of smaller icebergs straight into shipping path, but it also threatens this crucial biodiversity spot of South Georgia Island. Sure, you have heard about sea level rise, but sea shrinking? A new study has shown that the climate change could cause the Caspian Sea to shrink. I know, I know, it's not really an ocean. The Caspian Sea is the world's largest inland body of water and lies between Europe and Asia. Climate change could shrink the surface area of it by as much as 23%. Take a look at these satellite images of the Earth burning this year. The Earth surely looked like hell. And the link is of course in the newsletter. And Yale Climate Connections look at the top 10 weather and climate events of 2020. And it's not a boring read, unfortunately. And now the 7 Grand Challenges. Decarbonize electricity. Clean electricity is the one do or die challenge we must solve. And all the rest of them. 
As was highlighted in last week's newsletter, coal is dying and it's dying particularly fast in Europe. And this blog post goes into detail. A great look at what EU's infatuation with biomass means for the communities providing the biomass. Lots of air pollution, almost no new jobs and tree loss. Let's stop doing this, shall we? And India is working hard to supply its roughly 1.4 billion people with power and it has pledged to make much of that renewable. This means that before 2030 it needs to install 250 gigawatts or around 30 gigawatts every year, which means it must double the rate it's currently deploying. And Nicaragua has successfully electrified 1.2 million homes this year and is rocking it with 75% renewables in the mix. Surely an inspiration for those of us lucky enough to live in countries that have had electricity for a long time and are still knee-deep in fossils. Reduce impact of urban and rural areas. Lowering the impact of urban and rural areas via decoupling and or degrowing. The end of internal combustion engine ice cars is coming faster than many people would expect, as this article highlights many countries around the world are planning bans of ice cars by the 2030s. And related, inside climate news looks as the year 2020 for electric vehicles, EVs. And EVs did indeed have a good year, but we're not quite there yet. While political pledges have not been the shortcoming, sales have. US auto sales have taken a hit due to COVID and only 2% of auto sales were EVs. Whereas in Europe, hybrid, boo, and EV sales are up 130% from October last year. Reasons for not purchasing an EV are cited as range anxiety, which is really just a perceived problem and not a real problem, and price tag. And a new report says that Australia's transport emissions are already back to pre-pandemic levels even before 2021 rolls in. However, the report also highlights that Australia is generating a lot of renewable energy. Clean, non-electrifiable activities. Some activities we do today can't be electrified. These must be cleaned some other way. Remember that disastrous oil spill off the coast of Mauritius earlier this year? Turns out it's part of a much bigger problem. The article linked to in the newsletter explains that the ultimate cause of the spill was an experimental fuel which 70% of all major cargo ships around the world is using and which is known by the ship fuel industry to have major problems, hence threatening coasts around the world. And guess what? The fuel was introduced last year to make the shipping industry look more green than it really is. A group of researchers at Kanazawa University in Japan has successfully found a method to remove precious metals from fluid industrial waste. The method uses an absorbent to bind the precious metals, and following the absorption the material can be incinerated to yield precious metal pellets like silver, palladium and others. Protect and grow nature. Nature is our ally. We must protect it and help it help us. A new and scary study published in Science earlier this month suggests that the land ecosystems are becoming poorer at capturing CO2. The so-called CO2 fertilization effect, CFE, has dropped from 21% in the 1980s to 12% now. The CFE is a factor that describes the relationship between an increase in CO2 and the resulting increase in photosynthesis. Thus, effectively, the amount of CO2 a plant can sequester when growing. And another scary study from a group of Brazilian researchers, which have found that several non-Amazonian forests are beginning to act as carbon sources instead of carbon sinks. The forests are acting like this due to intense burning of forests as well as general increase in temperature due to climate change.
climate justice. Without justice, there's no future. The DSMARC blog looks back at the 2020 climate lawsuits. At least 20 new cases was launched in a lot of different countries, and unfortunately most of the lawsuits targeting the fossil fuel industry is stuck in procedural battles mainly regarding which court needs to handle it. A classic fossil fuel industry tactic. Once again, the fossil fuel industry tries to push a fossil gas pipeline down people's throat, this time violating its requirement to notify citizens next to it. And who do you think the pipeline would affect? Well, black communities, of course, as per usual. Drawdown. Removing carbon from the atmosphere one way or another, just not the fossil fuel ways. And we have a detailed reminder that carbon capture is not here to save us for many reasons. First of all, it's not even close to actually being here. And many of these technologies have huge scaling issues. But another very major reason is that the fossil fuel industry love it. Except that Exxon recently decided that it was not worth pursuing. What makes carbon capture such a tricky issue is that lawmakers are relying on it for the 1.5 centigrade and 2 centigrade scenarios to make any sense at all. And this is so scary given how immature and unproven the technology really is. It's almost like building a 500-seat airplane before the first airplane was even built and start taking money for tickets. Do you want a ticket? And now for all the other stuff that we couldn't fit into any other category than the other category. In what's probably the final look at the Paris Agreement five-year anniversary, Inside Climate News gives it a good look. And as the others conclude, it's a mixed bag. Global emissions are flattening, but that is not even close to being enough. And some of the big industrial countries do appear to commit to more ambitious targets. And EU just approves the world's largest green stimulus. How green, you may ask? Well, 37% to be exact. The stimulus unfortunately also includes gas investments. It's amazing that gas investments can still be called green. And 41 scientists debunk popular climate change myths such as the net zero pledge is not enough to solve the climate crisis. It also paints a stark picture of the whole idea of carbon offsets. And now for special topics. US presidential election. We have a special interest in covering the US election as Biden's action may or may not give the world hope in a world that's really starved for it. That's a nerd alert going off. I love Saul Griffith from Other Lab, and here's an interview with him in the podcast Political Climate about his daring plan to have the US lead the effort on climate change, something that is definitely more likely now that Biden won. He also recently wrote this excellent post about what he would do if he was Secretary of Energy. A group of scientists working in the Trump administration have the past four years mounted a guerrilla-like offense to make sure that Trump wouldn't get away with killing the planet. Read about the exploits in this excellent in-depth article from Inside Climate News. And now, major carbon emitters. We have a special interest in covering the moving of the major carbon emitters, as these are the key roadblock to climate action. Autodesk, like many other tech giants, are under fire because it sells its computer-aided design tool to the fossil fuel industry. Now leaked documents show how Autodesk is trying to silence one of its critics. See this blog post for more detail about the German company who is Autodesk's customer. BlackRock, the largest investor in the world holding $8 trillion, surprised everybody last year when their CEO Larry Fink went out and proclaimed to join the climate fight. It was such a surprise that he was awarded Institutional Investor of the Year. That award though seemed to be given just a tiny bit too early. 
like awarding the most valuable player award to some player who is outspoken about his goal to play well this season. The New Yorker looks into what BlackRock has really done, and it's not much. How much does Exxon pollute? Short answer, a lot. This detailed Bloomberg report, also used in the weekly climate numbers, has the whole picture. Promising news from the world's biggest fossil fuel supporter, JP Morgan. Lee Raymond, the former Exxon CEO, steps down from JP Morgan's board after activists have put increasing pressure on the bank to remove him due to Lee's extensive and damning anti-climate track record. China suffers from widespread blackout these days. The blackouts are due to two things. One, a ban on coal imports from Australia due to a trade dispute, and two, a 9% increase in power demand from last year due to increased industrial activity. US Congress just passed a tax break for companies working on enhanced oil recovery. Great work, fossil lobbyists. Norway's Supreme Court rejected an effort aimed at invalidating offshore drilling licenses due to the citizens' right to have a clean environment. Norway has one of the cleanest energy grids in the world, so it's clearly not going to be any Norwegian problem if other countries burn the oil that they dig up. But wait, isn't the climate crisis global? And we finish off with a good one. Amsterdam becomes the first city in the world that wants to ban fossil fuel advertising. This is really great, and there's no reason why other cities and countries shouldn't follow suit. That's it for this week, folks. Remember, if you're feeling down, angry, or sad from some of the news in this newsletter, one cure is to act. And one way you can always act that also happens to be one of the most powerful things you can do is to talk about it. That also works if what you just read made you hopeful or happy, by the way. If you enjoyed this newsletter, don't forget to share it with your friends, co-workers, or other people you think could benefit from getting it. If you got directed here by a friend or another link on the internet, don't forget to subscribe. See you all next week. Thank you.